a mama. I'm Ryan and I'm not a mama. I'm just, you know, a regular guy. Oh, wait a minute. Somebody's serving me with custody papers. What are these? What are these custody papers? Oh. Ah, I'm in the middle of a show. Get out of oh, here with that. Wow. That's Get a dark here with turn that. that's to a, take. That was a, that's a dirty trick. Throw me off balance during my own show. Mm, yeah. And this is Mama Needs a Movie. So I think what Ryan is referring to is Olivia Wilde was served with custody papers at, what was it? It was like the... It was like Comic-Con or something. You know? Yeah, it wasn't no. Comic-Con, but it was something like that. It was like, how do you, uh, like, how do you, uh, selling your movie show? Um, uh, yeah. I, I, which I really... only began the issues that uh, <laughs> have plagued this movie gossip-wise. Um, yeah. But today we're going to be talking about Don't Worry Darling, yes. uh, which is a rare new movie. And my God, the ordeal to go see this movie. The, uh, seeing this movie, this was kind of, this is, I, I was telling our guests, this is kind of like an emergency session we're holding today to get mm-hmm. this uh, this episode out the the. Yeah. the the Tuesday after uh, its release. And I don't think we should tarry a second longer. Uh, no, no. Uh, and just so that you know, I wanted to make sure at the very top of the show, before even we introduce the guest, to say, this is going to be a very spoiler-heavy show. So just hold off on listening to it. And if you want to see the movie, just wait a minute before listening to it, because we are going to be going in depth and spoiling it. Okay, exactly. But extremely spoiler yeah. heavy. Every single part of the film will be talked about. Hardcore close-ups of spoiling. Yes. Like <laughs> that level. <laughs> uh, our guest today, I don't think we could have a better guest uh, here today to talk about this uh, this this movie. Our guest is such an, an original creative uh, voice, I think, uh, uh, as a writer, as a performer, as a visual artist, as a painter. Uh, as a host themselves, uh, they've written all across uh, television. Uh, they're part of a of a sketch group uh, with another guest uh, who we've had, uh, Joan Ford. Um, uh, very funny. Uh, this is just something. Every time I, I think about, you know, I get scroogey about younger people being creative. I uh, our, our guest is the kind of person you think of. You go, you know, this is a really interesting artist and a person who's creating some great some great work. Today's guest, Raft. Oh my God, that intro is so nice. Um, <laughs> I'm not even that young anymore, but I'll take it. Hey, Art. Brian likes talking about the youthfulness of his friends. <laughs> <laughs> he really does. It's one of his hobbies. Listen, I'll say it. I'm 32. I'm 32. Oh, that's young. Yeah, but I think that might make you not as young as I think. I think. I think, I think the other guests. <laughs> I'm kind of past the point of being like, "Wow, they're so young." <laughs> like. <laughs> I, know, I, think, I think once you're like divorced and 32, like yeah, you're like yeah. I guess I'm officially like old now. Like I'm well, I, you're exper- I think experienced is different than old. It's just you're 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 someone who has wisdom beyond your years. I, pa- I packed a lot. Old. I packed a lot of life into these 32 years. And yeah, but you know, I have a great skincare routine, so you'd never know it. Oh yeah, that's. The, I mean, who cares how old you are as long yeah. as your skin is flawless. That's all that matters. The thing you can always hold on to is that you are still well in the range of if you die, it's tragic because you were too young. <laughs> it's true. It's, and honestly, like we we should remind ourselves of that every day. Mm-hmm. We've got like 20, 30 years. Be- well, 20 years, 20 years before it's tragic. Yeah. yeah. Probably. 
No, That's more than. I think if you die <laughs> under 70, it's tragic. I don't know, though. I feel People, like. If you, if you hear like someone who died in their 60s, you're always kind of like. They had a couple decades left in them. They yeah. could have. They could have done it. Like you know, it's much like, more art. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But once you get over seventy, it's like eh, it's like that's eh, about right. You know. Speaking of being a really young person, uh, we, we always like to kind of get a, a little bit of a sense of growing up. Like your 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 very very young years. You grew up in Manhattan Beach. I did. Oh, I did. Wow. I grew up in those. Yeah, those are the the streets that made me Manhattan Beach, California. So were you a were you a surfer? <laughs> no, <laughs> I was a theater kid. Um, uh-huh. See, but your skin is so nice now because you weren't. I know. A I I never surfed. I was always like I was like very indoorsy as a child, and like just not. I love that as a phrase, indoorsy. Yeah, I was a little in, in, indoorsy. Um, yeah, I grew up in Manhattan Beach. What kind of community is it like? It's like a very affluent like kind of like haunted uh like beach town it's very pretty but everyone there is a bad person interesting take yeah it's like it's not orange county level republican but it like kind of is like it's like it's in la county Mm -hmm. but it's kind of Orange County vibes a little bit it's like there's Mm -hmm. like just like little touches of white supremacy everywhere like it's just a weird, rich, kind of evil town, but it's very pretty. Very pretty. It's very pretty. It's very, I'll say that. It's very pretty. Very flat beach. No, it's, it's honestly, it's sounding good. I mean, hey, you know, I don't like the <laughs> you're like white supremacy, white supremacy. But I'm like, I can deal with that. But I don't, uh, you know, it, I gotta, it's, it's, if you're there, <laughs> t- if you're there too long, like you'll get haunted by like whatever demons are in the air. Like, I do think that it's a haunted, it's a secretly haunted town. So did That's that make you, did that draw you towards horror? Um, I definitely am a big horror fan. I don't know if I've ever seen a horror movie that reminds me of Manhattan Beach. Like, there, ha- I haven't seen, like, a beachy, like, Southern California horror movie. If anyone has any wrecks, my uh-huh. DMs are open. I would love... But yeah, maybe I should write it, actually. That's Jaws, great. maybe. I think that would be yeah, great. Jaw- yeah, Jaws, but Jaws is so East Coast... Beach, yeah. like yeah. it's just different on the West Coast. Like it's, it's also, not, I mean, it's not about it's about a shark. It's not about a. I guess the mayor's kind of a villain, but like well, the yeah, idea but of the like shark is a white. But just the vi- yeah. just the vibe. The shark is a great white shark, which is, is actually the ultimate white supremacy. That is a, actually, and it's time that we really called that out. It's, yeah, I, I, I'm trying to eat a Jewish person. Did you I, notice that? I know, and that's notice? fucking white supremacy. And mm-hmm. yeah. the shark from Jaws, like, I'm. I'm glad they killed it. Sorry, spoil- spoilers. <laughs> guys, guys, I mean, we should have put a warning in the beginning. Don't worry, darling. Heavy spoilers. Also, Jaws. Heavy spoilers. I did, I did just see Jaws in theaters. Did you see it? They put it out in IMAX a couple weeks ago. I didn't, but I just watched it recently, and I was like, this movie is so incredibly fun. Oh, it's so good. It's so did good. It, how was it in IMAX? Though? Was it scary? I saw it in the... Um, at the Chinese Grauman's Chinese Theater, like uh-huh. at the at the original one, and it was uh-huh. like so great. It was so it was um, yeah, it was scary. I I hadn't really fully seen it like in years, maybe ever. Did you do three D? No, it was just oh. like IMAX, just like just a big, just a big boy yeah, screen. Yeah, big screen. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people I know saw it retrofitted 3D, which sounds crazy. It sounds like there's only like two shots in the movie that would really work for 3D, but. 
and people say they liked it. It is just a great movie. It's just it's like a great, great movie. It's just yeah. Um, but yeah, I think maybe the maybe the the sinister beach, you know, like it kind of pertains a little bit to Don't Worry, Darling. Uh, but I, I've been thinking about these movies that are like it's suburbia, but there's a dark undercurrent yeah. Yeah. in the film, which yeah. is so pervasive in blue velvet type movies or whatever. Yes. But the beach version of that doesn't really exist. The idea of like it's a sunny California yes. kind of setting, but there's a, what's the undercurrent, you know? Yes. No, that's very I think that's very Manhattan Beach. I think what do you? What's your what's your feeling about Redondo Beach? Is there any difference between those two places? Yeah, I think there. I think there. I have a lot of thoughts on the differences between <laughs> Manhattan Beach and Redondo Beach and Hermosa Beach. I could oh, tell yeah. you about the whole South Bay. We could talk Torrance. <laughs> we could talk Palace Verdes. We could talk Hawthorne. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I have, like my whole family's been in the South Bay, like for like. I don't know four generations. Or what? Something. Yeah, that's so unusual. I know my fam- my grandparent, my great grandma moved to Hawthorne. I don't even know what fucking year, but she and my great grandfather like settled in Hawthorne. She was born mm-hmm. in Mexico. They like went to go live in Hawthorne, and they used wow. to like s- like do the the rhodium swap meet. Was like they would sell things at the swap meet. That the swap meet is still there. After yeah. all these years, I love uh, I love South Bay local history. I love that stuff. Redondo Beach has you, you can't really lump it all together because there's a lot of different areas in Redondo Beach. Are we talking Riviera Village? Are we talking <laughs> <laughs> what side of Sepulveda are we talking? Uh huh. Those you distinctions know? that that people who are not from there don't understand. I think that this relates to the movie that we're talking about today. Don't worry, darling, because. It so clearly takes place in Palm Springs. Yes. And Palm Springs is one of those places that I think, you know, in the 60s was a place that, uh, you know, Steve McQueen had a house out there. And now it's like antiquing and very tan gaze. And it's just right. a, a, like feels it's so distinct as a culture that this is sort of like the previous version of that. Of what Palm Springs was. Like 60s Palm Springs. Mm-hmm. 60s Palm Springs, which yeah. is different than now Palm Springs. And both of them are great. They're just different. Um, uh, is is I'm not a real Palm Springs person. Are, are either of you really into <laughs> Palm Springs? Like regular I am. Palm Springs? Yeah. I love uh-huh. Palm Springs. I would actually say the movie is giving more La Quinta. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But I maybe am biased because I think they filmed like part of it in La Quinta. So it's just like I recognize that part of the desert. I mean, Palm, the Quinta is basically Palm Springs. It's just like a suburb, but yeah, because it's not. So it is supposed to be a suburb. So I guess it, it you know, it couldn't be like they're next to a Ralph's. Because yeah, in no, the story, it's not. Yeah, I'm kind of a Palm Springs head just because I've been going there like since I was a kid and stuff. My brother lives out there. Oh wow! So I go, I go, I go fairly often. Yeah. The um, this uh movie yeah we really gotta get into it i know there's so i have so like so many thoughts we should do a synopsis though because i think uh chris pine um got spat on is not actually the plot of the movie uh so we should probably talk about what the movie's about (laughs) oh there's so much there's so much on and off the screen to so much Yes. So much. But if you're watching this and you're, you're listening to this and you're like, should I watch this movie? Okay. So basically it's about 
Florence Pugh, who is married to uh, Harry Styles, and they have uh, a lot of very satisfying sex on her end. Uh, and she cooks him a lot of food, and they seem to be working on some sort of Manhattan project out in the desert. In he works for an organization, right? She the Victory stays Project. At home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right. she's yeah, the Victory Project. Like, I wonder if it's going to be bad. I just yes. wonder. And this oh is a, it takes, and they're they're in some sort of non-specific 1960s desert town. Yeah, it's yeah. Like a, it's like an in an insular community in yeah. the desert, right? And they're not supposed to ever leave the town. They're not supposed to go towards. It's, it's not safe. It's not safe, right? It's not safe. Uh, <laughs> and they have they have dinner parties, and then after a while, Florence Pugh is is having these these uh, encounters with one of the other women who seems to have lost her mind and has been ostracized. And then uh, she starts having these same sorts of visions of things happening and tries to find out more stuff. And then Chris Pine is like, ah, yes, a worthy adversary. And then he gets her committed. And then a whole lot of other things happen. But basically, that's the that's the opening of the movie. And the first hour of the movie is that. So which I, I liked the first hour of the movie. I'll say it. I enjoyed the first hour. The first hour has tremendous uh, promise and potential like that. It's it's a it's a thriller where you go, well, this is they're leading up to something. I don't Mm -hmm. know what it is, but it's going to be also it's really like it makes you want to be a housewife. (laughs) Oh, totally. I was like, this fucking rocks. Like I get to just they're all just drinking all day. They take ballet class. They're just like kikiing and having a good time. Like their houses are all like really fucking nice. But would you want to take that ballet class? Because that Absolutely. seemed a little. I, I loved the ballet class. I love. I love a serious and intense ballet class. Uh huh. Uh huh. I mean, I'm a little. I'm a little sick, but I do love. I I, I. I like the torture of a ballet class. <laughs> you like the like the the teacher walk or not the teacher, but the. I guess she's the teacher. She walks in, and you just hear her walking in, and you, the camera is panning over all the women watching her come in, and it's like. Oh dang! Yeah. I love I love like a dress code. Like, <laughs> oh yes, oh yes. You know that they were sent home if they wore the wrong outfit. They were sent home. They were sent home. Yeah, no. I I would I would fully do it. Like, if I I'm ready to I'm ready to join the neighborhood. So you would just move to this town, just yeah, just all of <laughs> knowing everything you know. Listen, like I I am a non-binary person, so I'm not sure like my genderless status would quite fit in to like the very strict gender roles yes that's true but that's i would true. i'd fully yeah. like i would detransition and just go full uh girl mode to, 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 to uh-huh. just to not have to work and to just drink a cocktail all day well you could maybe i mean maybe there's a setting where you could take one turns. of them had one of them had short hair so it's fine i think yeah. like, yes <laughs> It's not cookie cutter. What if I meant short it's like, hair? I'm like, sure, like I'll be a wife. I'll be a wife. But the one with short hair seems the most terrified of everyone in in the whole movie, even though nothing actually happened. I know, I know. She, she just, just she, like, uh, she seemed she was kind of just like she was giving a good performance. Like she didn't get a lot of lines, but she was like she was giving like quietly irked. Mm-hmm. Act, good, good irked acting. Yeah, she's but her husband in that is this actor who was in Big Love. And the second I saw them, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) this is weird. Something's weird here because that guy 
His name is uh, uh, Douglas Smith. And there's just something about him where it's like, you show up in a Sounds movie. Sounds like an alias. Yeah. yeah. Well, or maybe, you know, you know, there was a Smith in the, the Mormon church. So there's something about his presence that's like, oh, this yeah. is a little indicator. This movie, uh, we should say, like, I mean, uh, anyone that follows anything, anyone who reads anything knows <laughs> yes. what's been going on with this movie. Were you following this close? This, oh, uh, so close. The the, the sort of back uh, behind the scenes intrigue of the film. I was because something that's a fun fact about me is I'm a huge Florence Pugh fan. I just think she's mm-hmm. great. I haven't seen like every single thing she's been in, but I love everything that I have seen of her. And I follow some uh, Twitter accounts that are like Florence Pugh Stan accounts, just because I like to <laughs> I like to keep tabs on what she's up to. So I've got I because I follow I followed those accounts like years ago, and so because I follow those like fan accounts of her, I got I've started getting like all the little updates on what was going on behind the scenes, and then. As it became more of like a thing, I just like I went on a TikTok rabbit hole about about it where it was just like tons of videos explaining all the drama. Yeah, I'm like fully I'm all in. I, I'm fascinated by it. I like celebrity gossip and I like Florence Pugh and I like just like movie stars. So all of it is like very up my alley. Yeah, it's a perfect it's yeah. a perfect good storm of. It's also, I feel like because of the pandemic and because of just every single story being a nightmare, I found this to be like a pleasant little island of weirdness that's like, this is not hurting anyone except for the fact that it is like, oh, it's got to be a cat fight between a female director and, you know, female star. Like, we have to do that. We have to care deeply about that. Excluding that, turning that part of my brain off, I'm like... Oh, thank you. Let's just let's just talk about Harry Styles and whether someone's mad at him or something. I think that Harry Styles <laughs> is not a real person. I agree. I don't know I'll, what he is. I'll, I'll say it. He is fully AI. Like he he is AI. Like he's not real. He's been like programmed to to be like trending on the, on Twitter or something. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he like, like wears he wears the perfect amount of like slightly androgynous clothing to cause Gucci. to yeah. cause the my yeah Gucci clothing to mm-hmm. cause the mildest discourse like mm-hmm. just he's he's he can't act at all truly like <laughs> yeah but he also can't not act it's so weird because it's not it's like it's the same with his songs where it's like I'm I'm struggling to find the badness or the goodness. It's the most it's mild. Yeah. Everything. His music mm-hmm. is so like what you listen to when you're getting like MK Ultra programmed. Like it's just like <laughs> it's trying to keep you like keep the masses like just calm enough to not like uprise. <laughs> like he is yeah. like he is like some psyop algorithm that was like unleashed into the world to like Well, he's <laughs> made by Simon Cowell. I know. Yeah. He's assembled by Simon. But what I find it so interesting is that it's so weird to watch a person on screen and be like, you don't seem like you have a personality. And then there's this huge twist where it's like he's actually the one controlling this whole thing. Are we talking about the twist? We are we I have mean to, to get to the twist. Okay, I mean, to get to the twist. Like, 
And so he has acne scars. That's the yeah. only difference in the characters. Not, 90 <laughs> minutes into this two-hour movie, there is a twist, which if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you probably already know. Yeah. It's an insane. What, it's insane. It's an, were you it's an shocked by the twist? twist. Can it's, I can I say what the twist is? Can yeah. I say what it yes, is? Yes, yeah, yeah. You find out that the whole like town of what is it? Victory. Mm-hmm. The whole town of Victory is a simulation, and Harry Styles is actually like a an incel who listens to like a Joe Rogan style podcast, or I guess like a Jordan Peterson style podcast. Mm-hmm. And the mm-hmm. podcast that and the Jordan Peterson character is Chris Pine. We we think right, yeah. yeah. Who has um started this thing where you can take your girlfriend and put her under some kind of coma that makes her eyeballs scan with it's like a black mirror plot twist it's like mm-hmm. it's yeah. like the whole town is is incels who've captured their girlfriends to make them live like their 50s housewives right yeah. right did yeah. i say it did that's i say it, it right yeah. i, I think, think so that's exactly what what happens <laughs> but 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 the way that that's treated is so intriguing to me because it's like we discover this about him and then he's like but you were working all the time I wanted to f- help you. And then she's like, no, but I liked working all the time. And it's like, wait, no, 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 no. That's insane. No, but what? also what? like the way the movie shows it is like they do show like Florence Pugh is miserable when she's a doc, when she's a surgeon in the yeah. modern day. Mm-hmm. That's what her real life is. She's a surgeon. Her life is her life is miserable when she's a surgeon. They have a terrible relationship. And then when she is in victory, the, the Palm Springs town, she's so happy. The only time where she's unhappy is when she doesn't like quite know what's going on and she's like, tell me the truth. But yeah. she like kind of yeah. wants to stay there, I think. Like I think if I think the movie yeah. the movie is saying your life would like I think don't think the movie is an indictment on being a 50s housewife. I think it's it's an ad for it. But it I think the movie got confused. I think the movie I think it got really the, confused. The people who made the movie got confused cuz they were like they were like fuck like it's kind of fun like let's like Let's like really lean into like how fun this is. Yeah, I like the dresses and the yes, cocktails. Let's, like, let's and make yeah. Florence Pugh come a lot. Like, she's right. She's so getting like that, sex. That she's getting sex. That... She's getting at friends. Like her life is so much better as a fifties housewife. The movie is kind of endorsing it. Well, that was what I found so weird. Is once the twist happens and you're like, oh, it's your incel boyfriend who's who knocks you out and traps you in this place. Why in this fantasy scenario is is it all oral sex going on? Like, why Why that? Because that just, doesn't... It doesn't feel true true to, like, what incel, like, no, Jordan Peterson like... guys would want. Like, mm-hmm. I can't it's... even, yeah. It's... Also, this guy's not an incel to begin with. He has a, his, his he has a, A, he has a girlfriend who yeah, is a, who is a hot surgeon. She won't have yes. sex with him. <laughs> She won't have the hot surgeon won't have sex with him because she's too tired from working. Because he's so much. he's like because he's functionally he's so dumb. He's like, did you eat? I, I didn't eat yet because you didn't tell me to eat. Can we fuck? Oh, we can't fuck. Okay, like yeah. he's that's no, his he's problem. Very, he's he does. It's like why? Yeah, of course she doesn't want to have sex with you. You're gross. But it's also like not believable that they would even be a couple. Like it doesn't. No. Like, How does she meet? <laughs> How did you meet? <laughs> there, I I have so many questions, but but yeah, like it doesn't feel like 
if you're like a Jordan Peterson incel, like whatever, incel adjacent person, like this dude is supposed to be, mm-hmm. your fantasy world is is you have to work all the time, but your girlfriend has the best life ever and like doesn't have to work. Like, yeah. It's like, it's so about work. It's like such a, it's like, I think it's all about work. I think it's like a girl boss incel movie. It's about how men don't like when women work so much. And he just wants, the whole point for him is that he just wants her to work less, I think. Yeah, but then he's willing to work a ton so that she doesn't have to work because he loves her to the degree that he's going to knock her out. But then the movie doesn't really come down on like whether that's bad or not. No, it's it like, doesn't it's have a fine. It takes no stance. Like That's the- why it's like the whole movie is Harry Styles because it doesn't really take, it doesn't feel like it has an opinion about it. So it's like, like at the end, yeah. at the end, when Olivia Wilde's character says, no, I know I'm in a simulation. Because in this simulation, my children are alive. Yeah, but we just watched a movie in which you're saying that you find your children annoying and they don't like you. So in your simulation, you made your children irritated? But also, she's the only woman that chose to be there. All the other women don't know. And then for some reason, Gemma Chan stabs Chris Pine. And she does know. That was out of nowhere. Uh, That came out of fucking... But she... She, how would she? What was her? We don't know why she stabs. I it. think because she knows, and Olivia Wilde knows, so they're actually worse than these guys because they're keeping these they're women like letting in. the women be kidnapped, right? So there's like a like a what's the? I'm just like what uh, is Maxwell? <laughs> like she's the one who's like getting the women in to be kidnapped, and uh, I'm just like I don't get what the incel guys get out of this. That's I don't a good know question. what they yeah. get out of it because it's like if it's for if unless it's a very specific kink where they or like whatever they have this like fetish where they need their woman to be kidnapped and trapped against their will against her will mm-hmm. and like and that <laughs> and just that uh-huh. is worth having to like work a shitty job to pay for this guy's simulation machine. But but that's like but that doesn't feel like actually what those guys want. Like it's so hyper specific. They, they get nothing out of it. Yeah. It seems like it's all built. What Olivia Wilde has has imagined here are her her writer Katie Silverling and and actually the uh, Dick Van Patten's or Dick Van Dyke's uh, grandsons also have, uh, conceived of this yes. movie. Yeah, and there is, like what there is some creepy dancing in here, which made me think of Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Harry's performance during the creepy dancing scene was so confusing because like because he can't emote like he can't do it. He has like two acting modes and one is like blank. And then he the, forgets uh, to emote in the face. Yeah. That one acting mode is blank face. And then the second mode is like scream crying and he can't do anything in the middle. And so when he's doing that dancing scene, his face is like so blank. And the whole time I was like, I feel like this character, we're supposed to know what he's feeling. I'm not getting it. I don't know if he likes to, to do the dance. I don't know I if think he... I was like, oh, I think we're finding out that he he's like being forced to do this because but of the then, way he was doing it. I was like, it's going on too long. I think you're being forced to do this, but I don't understand why. I feel like it's supposed to be, it was supposed to be a complex emotion coming from him that, that did not come through in Harry Styles' performance is my guess. 
I just I thought know. it was funny that this like there's a room full of adult people going like, "Wow, what a dance! Look at his dance!" And I like, couldn't tell if his dance was supposed to be bad or good because it looked bad. I think it was supposed to be. I think it was supposed to be bad. I think it was supposed to be good. I think it was supposed to be <laughs> I think very it was good. Su- I think it was supposed impressed. to be good, and I think he was supposed to like doing it. No, I don't. That that I don't think he was. See, that's what I think is that the the difficulty with this movie is not that it doesn't have some like absolutely beautiful elements in it. Like it's it has it's some, gorgeous. It's oh yeah, very yeah. very yeah. beautiful. It has some interesting actors in it who are who are compelling. I think Florence is Florence was actually phenomenal. fantastic. The whole movie flows like, great. Without her, it would have just crumpled. It was like her kind of like little. Like little dog energy. It's like a little ruthless little like she's I'm gonna figure it out. She's <laughs> such a good she's such a good actor. And like she really like makes the movie worth watching because she's just she like totally such does. a good performer. And it's kind of as I think the movie's fun to watch because it's the twist is so silly and bad. So like between that and Florence Pugh, I'm like, yeah, it's I'm not I don't regret seeing it. But wasn't this it was atonement. Remember atonement? It's like this whole thing and then, oh, actually, twist at the end. This is happening in the future. I didn't see it, but you I did forget just, what you I did forget just spoil atonement. atonement for Sorry. Me. There's a couple movies. There are uh, uh, This movie is basically, if I had to put it in a, in a, uh, like a DVD three pack, mm-hmm. there's two other movies I would include. A DVD, One, not Blu-ray. Yes, this is a, a, <laughs> no, this no, is no. a, DVD, a classic DVD three pack. It would be the there's a movie from last year called Last Night in Soho, an Edgar Wright movie, mm-hmm. and there's another movie called Bad Times at the El Royale from a few years ago, and they're both twist movies that uh, recall like '60s. They play with like '60s iconography and like it wasn't so great in the '60s, you know. Uh, and that's what this movie is also. It's a, it's the third in that series of like. Look at all the look at this Mad Men world that you find so appealing. Oh, actually, it's not very good. Which Mad Men already did? Yes, and, yeah. that, and every single movie that's ever been about the fifties—that's the fifties. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. And also, this woman, this this uh, educated surgeon, would know that. In, yeah. In her heart of hearts, in her brain, she would know, like, oh yeah, I'm not. This is not she would know the 60s is maybe not a perfect place to to live, whatever this fifth, this seemingly bucolic 50s, 60s. I know, but what she's actually big. doing is she's lying in her own filth, uh, getting pumped through chemicals and I guess sugar to keep her alive. And we don't really dwell on that fact that all of these people are like just lying in beds, just complete zombies and for months so they're wasting away and then the harry styles character is like no 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 the children aren't real the children aren't real and it's like i mean you're not a person who would know (laughs) i'm just like they should have i'm just like they should have told us less (laughs) 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 i'm like you're telling us too much like i you know what maybe leave the children thing vague like just leave we didn't need to see the bed with the eyes getting scanned. Like, I thought they could have cut out all of the twists and just kept it like a spooky, like vague movie. And like, it, they people would have complained about that, but it would have been, I don't know, they showed us too much. They showed us too much. Yeah. They told, they told us too much or something. That having been said, there is like so much lead up. I don't think I've ever seen a horror movie that had this much lead up. So of much like, lead up. Just like so many dreams and 
these uh, like recurring dreams about like Busby Berkeley musical numbers and dancers. And I mean that you see that over and over again and sort of cryptic imagery of the, of uh, flashes of this and a song and everything. There's so much anticipation. There's yeah. like, truly 90 minutes of the movie. You're just going, what's going to be the twist here? Yeah, what's the thing? What's the reveal? Song stuff. I was like, I mean, I, I saw Big Lebowski. You can't use Busby Berkeley again. Like, it was already, you can't. You just can't. You got to stop. And and so much of that section of the movie, like, like what was with the plane? Like, that never got explained. The, there's a plane crash. Yes, there is a plane crash, which Do, doesn't. Did yeah. I miss something? I don't, I don't or did, they, so. did they ever explain what the, the plane crash was? I think that was just her subconscious being like, something's wrong. Yeah. I don't think there was a plane. She just saw a plane crash to attract her. It's like, I think something that could have been more interesting to do would be to indicate in some way the outside things that are happening inside the fake world. Because if she's lying on this bed, like when when there's like uh, like the shaking that happens in like, this what perfect is that? world. What is that? Is that the trash truck? Like, do they hear this beeping noise? And then we see like, oh, in the real world, mm. there's beeping noise is the trash truck or something. Right. Like what things the are, are thing, being that her getting smushed. What yeah. What is the yeah. What was that in the in the dream? Or like the when she world? like maybe he's cleaning her and she has some sensation of that or like the phone rings or like if this is if if we're going to be finding it sort of confusing the whole way, that's kind of fun to be like, how do we. How do we then unpack it once we get to the twist? Be like, oh, that's why those weird things are happening. Right. Like they simultaneously told us too much and not anything at all. Like, <laughs> Right. It was too generic in the, the perfect world for us to understand how that had anything to do with the the real world right well it's like generic unsettling it's like leaving the movie i was like i didn't have i knew unsettling things were happening dreams and visions and things she was she was very unsettled there's a woman there's a, a character um uh, kiki uh, lane as the actor uh, who's uh you know really going out like she's the one that tries to slit her throat and everything all this stuff is happening but it's not building in your mind all you're anticipating is a twist you're not going you're not building a little plot on your own going like oh they're building a weapon and that's why people are going crazy yeah. or they're well, I think that implanting plausible but like it doesn't <laughs> yeah. bu- it, it doesn't build in any it doesn't actually like complete any one red herring to the point where you're like right. okay this is a memory replacement program and that's what they're all involved in. And now yes. I know that's, yes. I, I have a little theory. And then, so yes. when it twists, you go, Oh, wait a minute. That's totally different than my theory. Yeah. It's just like you didn't, when the, when the twist happens, did you have a theory about in your head when watching the movie? Are you like, Oh, I have a theory about what this could be. I or, mean, I, I think from the trailers, like I had no theories, but like, I was talking to my girlfriend Vera and she was like, Oh, you know it's gonna be like they're in the future. Like or it's mm-hmm. they're in present day or something. That's and then yeah. I, the village. Yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, you're probably right. So I had that in my head the whole time and I was like, Yeah, I guess it does kind of feel like it's gonna be at some twist where they're in the present day. But I was shocked that it was like an incel twist. <laughs> like I I, know, I was shocked they, at the podcast of it all. At the podcast <laughs> at the podcast fan podcast listener narrative. <laughs> Oh no God. offense to anyone listening to this podcast. It's a different kind of podcast in the movie than, yes, than, than, a, than a fun movie podcast. Okay. Yeah. And, and 
I don't I don't know why <laughs> of all the things in this movie, I was like, hey, don't make Harry Styles have acne in this future in I real think, uh, version. Olivia Wilde is so like sick for that. She's got a <laughs> she's got a humiliation thing or something. Like she really like put Harry through. She like, made she made her boyfriend Harry. Well maybe they weren't dating when the movie filmed. No, no, no. I don't know. But she made Harry Styles like the hottest. First of all, this movie has convinced me that Harry Styles is not attractive whatsoever. Um, yeah, he's a little smooth. I, he's not somehow. I think he I think that's part of why he's an algorithm is that we've all been lied to that he's cute. Like he's I don't think he's attractive but that could just be me come at me harry styles fans but well they will i think that olivia wilde like she kind of like this whole movie's kind of like torture for harry styles like he can't act and she makes him do all these big acting scenes that he can't do <laughs> and then that dancing scene is like so like wild i don't know what that was and it goes on for a long time and then yes. she makes him look like a like a fucked up incel and he gets grosser and grosser looking. Like. Yeah, he's wearing this tank top that has like a yellow stain when he lies down next to Florence and it's just like, you could do laundry. You could try at all. Like, instead of just being like the biggest bummer of a boyfriend. What I didn't understand is she's a doctor, right? Maybe she makes the least amount of money of any doctor of all time. Mm-hmm. And she lives in an apartment where, seriously, turn the lights on. Open a window. It's like a dingy, dark apartment. <laughs> like, yeah. why do you live in the most horrible apartment? Okay, let's say she has medical debt. She like, debt from medical school. Yeah, whatever. she's young. She's young. She's, she's a young, young. doctor. She's, she's also an incredibly young doctor. But what what is the, why is she with this guy? Because if you explain that at all, it might make the the fantasy version make more sense because it's like, I oh, I love him. We've been together since high school. And, you know, he he got me through such and such, but there's no reason in this. They kind of, they don't show like how he got her into the program. Like he, they they kind of skip over like their, their, their marriage or their relationship is bad. And then suddenly she's in the, the thing. Well, but you they see don't- her feet being dragged. Oh, yeah, I guess you see her feet being dragged. But, like, I kind of filled in the gap in my head. And they don't say this in the movie, but I kind of felt like maybe they broke up and then he did it or something. Like, it it felt like like some time had passed. Like, but maybe, like, I don't know where I'm getting that. That's just, maybe I'm, maybe that's just my own fan fiction. (laughs) It's my fan fiction of the movie. I do think that relationship should have been because there's a scene in the movie late in the movie where when she it, in the Matrix when she figures it out, right? And they're like, uh, I think she, uh, they're trying to. Uh, they're it's a very emotional scene between the two of them, and he's like, "But I love you," yeah. And she's like, she concedes to him even though he's done this horrible thing. She's like, "I love you," but oh, yeah. you're so horrible. And I'm like, "You love each other? Like, where did this? We what don't. Yeah, is the basis it, of where this? Did I that don't, come from? We ha- we are given nothing to root for this couple. Like, he has kidnapped her and drugged her and put her under into like a fucking coma. He's he's torturing her. <laughs> He's literally it's kidnapping sad. and torturing her, but we're supposed to be rooting for them somehow, and they don't give us give us anything in the real life flashbacks that ground yeah. the, the ground the relationship in anything. Here's what I think would have been interesting: if he had been somebody. Okay, if you'd established this is her, her boyfriend, she loves him. He's he can't move. 
he himself cannot move. He can't pleasure her. She takes care of him all the time. And he's like, I can't take this anymore. All I'm doing is, all I'm doing is being a burden to you. I can't stand that. I can't stand it. So I'm going to put us into a world in which all I do is take care of you. Sure. That then we'd be rooting for him. Right. He, he, you know, then we'd be like, oh, this guy, like he's, you know, he's had it tough. But he, but we don't have any of that. No, we don't have we any hate, of that. We hate him. Like, he's, like, literally, like, a monster. He's a total monster, but the movie doesn't act like he is. That's what was so confusing I know. It. It's so Like, she's weird. tempted to stay. She's like, I love you. I'm like, oh, my God, sweetheart. Are you one of those smart women that just dates losers because they made you a Spotify playlist one time? Yeah. But it I think happens. that's because it has to do with, like you're saying, this laser focus on work. I, it all, all it comes down to is I had a job in the real world and now I don't it's have a job. It's like, work. forget it's about, about family, work. forget about friends, forget about he everything else. You probably had that friends had. at the hospital. Yeah. Right. So. But they, the, this like, yeah, the, this world is just about she no longer can work and she liked working. And the whole point of the simulation is that these women don't have to work and the men are all doing very important work. It's all like work, work, work. Like. Yeah. yeah, I didn't. Yeah, I no, wanted a, a job, point. and now I don't have a job. What a bummer! I don't want to have a it's this like, jobless life to, in the Matrix. I would love to not have a job. It's simultaneously about work, and it ignores class and like. It, uh, it also e- ignores race in a very. It ignores uh, race. Yeah, that's ignores a weird one. Yeah, definitely is like a movie about white supremacy that also ignores race, and it's a movie about like working that ignores class like it's yeah like yeah very, well that was that was the strange. argument about this movie though that the that olivia wilde said it was based on the feminine mystique the famous book from the 60s that that itself is now being critiqued for ignoring race and ignoring class that the book was written basically about these women who went to smith and then in you know in the 60s and then were frustrated that they were just stay-at-home moms while kind of leaving out the fact that like the workforce had so many black women in it. It was just white women were not in the workforce. So it was talking about it like, oh my God, women aren't in the workforce. Like, no, women like you aren't in the workforce. Right. Black women have been in the workforce for a hundred years before this moment. I mean, let's just, uh, slavery aside, like have people have been put in a position where their life requires them to work and white women have not. Yes. And, and not and, all of them, blah, 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 you know. Yeah. But the movie is about specifically like a affluent like group of like mostly white women. But there are yeah. some, there are some people of color in the movie, but it doesn't address it. It doesn't acknowledge race. Like it's just kind of like. Ignore, yeah, it totally ignores it. It's so it's a, it's, it's very discombobulating. Yeah, which makes sense for a simulation. You <laughs> right, know, it does. like you're in the simulation. It's like okay, but I, I, during the first half of the movie, I was just dying for a character to just be like, even if anybody, Kate, give it to one of the funny characters, Kate Berlant, somebody to just say like, like God, it must be tough for this black lady living in Palm Springs here, or whatever. Like I would that would have right, at right. least cr- that would have like grounded the movie in some kind of reality of like reality instead of like like this world where you know there wouldn't be like three black women in that ballet class in nineteen sixty what late fifties early sixties. Yeah. Right, it would have totally been segregated. Well, that was the thing. I think that the when I was watching it and the the black character that we're supposed to be sympathetic towards, it's like freaking out and ups- upset it was like this 
character is only black so that we don't read this as a white supremacist right parable or something the the black characters only exist in the movie to prove that it's not about white supremacy but that they're not actually people yeah they're not given like um very much like that actor i mean like that's a, an important role in the movie but it just like it 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 it's not the biggest role and it's like none of the main parts are they're all all the main parts are are given to white people i think it's odd that that character is chosen to be the one that can see through the matrix yeah when mm-hmm. it is a it is everything i mean i understand she's creating a, a a sort of colorblind world or a more contemporary this is a contemporary idea of race so there's like so don't worry, there are creeps who are <laughs> imprisoning their wives of all ethnicities. <laughs> yes, I think it's so, that's so weird. And also, like, the, if you're doing, like, if you're mapping over, like, Jordan Peterson or, like, whatever, like, those people are all white supremacists, too. Like, you yeah, know? like they are, because they're trying to go back to the 50s. Like, like what they are, that, that is, mm-hmm. like, they, like, to, to, like, like, that would fit. Like, I don't know. I think it's, I think that, it's because like she would have gotten like heat if the movie only had white actors in it. So like she had to cast it more diverse, but the story then gets confused about race because it's like clearly like they don't write anything about race in the thing. It seems like a, like a weird rewrite. I was like watching it. I was like, is this like a Bridgerton thing where like we're it bringing is Bridgerton. in? That's it's what got, it's it's Bridgerton kind of too. Bridgerton. It's kind of Bridgerton. <laughs> it totally is kind of Bridgerton. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of it's like it's like the Chris Pine character also was like um the showrunner of Bridgerton. Yes. And yeah. and a mm-hmm. and a podcast host and a <laughs> incel podcast host. Hey, did you notice though that Chris Pine brought his own lens flare from the Star Trek movies? Oh, is there a is there a Like there's so yeah. much lens flare when we first meet him at his party and that the camera's doing all these swooping 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 which I was like this is too much swooping, but he has lens flare. The whole time he's talking, and I was like, "Yeah, that's from that's from Star Trek." He brought it. He brought it. He brought in a little suitcase to Sim City. That's where. Yeah. That's where they were. Oh, yes, it's like they're just Sims, aren't they? He's like, "Let me just put my Sim wife over here and feed her a little Sim food." And this is a my this is a great a, a movie adaptation of The Sims. I've always wanted a Sims. <laughs> it's a very picture. interesting take, you guys. <laughs> The, some of the positives of the movie, I think it, it shouldn't go without. Uh, I also want to say this because I, I tangentially know some of these people. The, um, uh-huh. the So those people did a great job. I, weirdly, I say this sometimes in movies where we where we may know so any actually any new movie. It, it, we're, we're always look. We took two hours to watch this fucking thing. We like we obviously were curious about this movie and like certain. Oh, aspects yeah. Of it. So it's, ne- it's never just ragging on a movie. But the, the production design of this film uh I worked once with the with Katie Byron, who does a production design here, and Rachel Ferrara, who does a set decoration. These are this is the best part of the movie. It's I the think. best Beautiful. part. It's gorgeous. Yeah. Just gorgeous. I yeah. was I was talking about that with my friend Nova, who I saw the movie with, and I was like, "Listen, Olivia Wilde got some things very right. One of them is the production design." and like the cinematography like yes. it it's visually like so beautiful like I, that that town like makes you want to like it lures you in like it makes it really you, does it makes yeah. you want to live there yeah, yeah and i think you were supposed i think that's you're one supposed to be like intoxicated to. by it. yeah yeah like where what what you were supposed to feel i think you actually felt in this as i was just so i was 
I love that every time you're you're about to you're about to break out, uh, the uh, the guys from the Bob Baker marionette uh, <laughs> theater they come and try <laughs> the and take you. Oh yeah, the red suits. Like, I was like, this feels so LA specific, and LA like LA person who has been around children is like. Well, they're sort of like marionettes, kind of like being manipulated to do things. And then the, these guys in red suits, I was like, is that, am I insane for making that connection? <laughs> I, I, I loved that. When I they're loved... all scrambling up the mountain, I was like, mm-hmm. that's such a great image. That was a that was a great shot. I loved that shot. Honestly, yeah, it's beautiful. It's like the, the hair, the makeup, the wardrobe, like all of it. It's a. all the visuals of the movie i thought were great yeah i think this is like a very handsomely mounted production that olivia wilde here made and i will say the cast is good there's so much intrigue in this but uh, in in terms of behind the scenes uh, uh, harry styles and this and that and who was fucking who and who didn't like who and who was almost (laughs) the movie was almost shia labeouf yes which is yeah. what would that have been like (laughs) i mean yeah (laughs) He's a monster. He's he is a monster. For speaking sure. of people who like kidnap women, like yes. he would he's play awful. the part. He has real life experience doing that allegedly. Because he's yes, a monster. He he's a monster. But, but he, uh, he also has a lot of experience, kind of like self pitying, which I think would be perfect for this. Part. Listen. The bar is low at of people who could act this part better than Harry Styles. Like. <laughs> Poor Harry Styles. I'll just say that. Yeah, I'll get, just say that. Anybody, K- Casey Affleck, you, Kevin you Spacey. Watch this, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, you really. Yes, Kevin Spacey. Kevin Interesting Spacey. choice. Interesting choice. But also plausible that like some creepy, creepy man would do this to his wife. Not some like, yeah, maybe you need a haircut kind of guy. Like, come on. Oh god. I don't know. I don't know. There are plenty of Nick, Nick Kroll could have played the part better Nick than Nick Kroll would have been interesting. That yeah. seems almost like more who she would have been yeah, dating. I know. Nick Kroll. I yeah. know. And I like Nick, Nick I do, Kroll is great in it. I would say Kroll and, and Berlant are um are the highlights in terms of they have some liveliness to their performance. It does not appear a, a funny line was written for either of them. No, but they the they script. sell it. They sell it. <laughs> but they sell it and you can kind of tell in these improvisatory moments that they actually have like life in their face and their performances and your eyes sort of go to them in any ensemble shot because you're just looking for something real to be happening. It made me like want more of them in like Oscar-y type movies. I was like, oh yeah, like I hope that they get to keep doing like cool parts like this. Nick and Kate. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Just, just like um, they could remake uh, Nick and Nora, uh, the, the classic, um, the quiet, uh, the thin man. The thin man, the thin yeah, man yeah, movies. yeah. They could have a, yeah, that's that be very be interesting. They could totally do it. It's just it would be it would be perfect casting. I think that'd be great. I'll watch that movie. I think the problem that I had with this movie is that it wasn't clear about what the connections were, especially with like the the revelation at the end of there's one woman who does know that this is a simulation, and the whole movie she's been trying to to convince the other women that it's real but so that makes her actually the worst person in the whole story because of her grief or something it's like you gave me a piece of information and here at the end that's too big 
without. Yeah, and they like, should have just made. Run, yeah. Why? Why would you want her to run now? They should have just made her evil. They should like. She, yeah. You know, because yeah. there are there are like fucking women who probably like are fans of this creepy podcast guy who are like you know oh, internal internalized yes. misogyny like mm-hmm. whatever like. It yes. would have made more sense if they leaned into that for that character. Instead, they kind of made her just like someone that had a miscarriage and it fucked her up. No, no, no. Her children died. Like, she Oh, had, her children she died? Like, those oh. two kids were dead. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah, so some some kind of trauma like yeah. backstory instead of like, well, she would be kind of an incel too. <laughs> like, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. If, if she there, chose yeah. this. Aren't there a ton ch- of women that would go along with this sort totally. of life? There's like a ton. There's oh, a ton. so many. Who'd be like, well, I mean, I follow some of these ladies on Instagram where they're like, I live on a farm and I don't work and I have uh, six children and yeah, like a like the, a, the Lord has told me that I should be listening to my husband. For, yeah, like like that, or even like a like a Lauren Boebert like you know like gun person type like yeah those people where they're like or or like really extreme uh you know pro life. Ladies I mean, and there's or, there's something yeah. interesting in that story, but they like didn't tell that story. Well, it's almost the scarier idea that women accept this as yeah. a fate, you know, and that's just that's I just accept it, whether or not you can see outside no, of it or you want to see outside of it or whatever. That's a well, disturbing I think the, idea. it is a more interesting idea that that if if this was a story that didn't have a man at the head of it, that it was like, yeah, this is a creepy woman who's trying to contain ambitious women in this creepy simulation and all these guys are like, sure, here, have my wife. That's a much more, Hey, Olivia Wilde, if you're listening, we've got a sequel idea. (laughs) We've got a sequel idea. I just think that would be so much more controversial and, and just spicy and crazy if it was like, Oh yeah, it's Olivia Wilde. And she's, she's created this universe because she, she's like sad that she was working when her children children's nanny got into a car accident or something yeah i think it's so much darker and weirder it's it's so strange it doesn't track yeah yeah it's it's weird yeah also like how consumerism and and i mean you're skipping over a lot that like the idea of security and consumerism gets you into this mode of thinking like where that's the way that you live and you're on track with a certain kind of life because you can go to the mall or whatever, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, it's all of that is sort of overlooked in lieu of like, of this, you know, Jordan Peterson kind of story they want to tell. Right. Like. But you know what? I really would love it if I just could take a trolley to everything I needed to do. The trolley is great. I mean, <laughs> you know, my hometown Manhattan Beach had a trolley growing up and I would I would ride it for fun. I would take really? the, f- the full loop. I don't know if they still do it. They probably don't. But there used to be a trolley that would go to like the airport, downtown Manhattan Beach, and then like one other <laughs> spot. And I it just had like three stops that I would I, when I was like before I had a car. When I was like a teen, a young teen, my friends and I would just sit on the trolley and like go to the airport and back. (laughs) 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 So the movie is, yeah, that's kind of my life. It's It's kind of my life. Did you go to, would, if you went to the airport, did you like get out and hang out at the airport? No, we would just ride it. You know, I was a kid. So the idea of going to the airport is, this was post 9-11, you know, like you don't just go and hang out at the airport. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do that. But you know, you, you see the scenery 
of the airport and then you come back. See the flying machines? <laughs> See, this is this is why you are you are young because you have teenage memories post 9-11. Yeah, I had I had a nine I had a rough uh, 2001 because it was my first year of middle school. Oh. And I also got my period that year. Mm. Oh my so god! I thought you were going to say time. on the day. <laughs> it was a tender time. It was a tender time. It was a tender time for me for the world. That is true that someone got their period on nine eleven. Someone probably got their first period the second that the plane crashed into the tower. <laughs> god, I, I mean just, statistically, I, yes, of course. I was just thinking that actually, like this, like someone yesterday. got their first menses that that moment. But every, but there were, there were, de- anytime there's like a giant event like that, there's someone who has a personal thing happening that overshadows it. Like, oh, that was the day that my, that I gave birth or someone died or something or other. And they're just like, yeah, I guess that was a big deal, but it didn't, you know, like, yeah, it wouldn't be the same impact for you as person. Yeah. If you have something personal to relate to it, I'm trying to think of something I, I think I remember like the first night that do you remember the like the first night of the Iraqi invasion, like uh, Operation Shock and Awe. You know, this was like 2003. I remember we were bringing my mom home from the hospital. She had been sick and we were bringing her home from the hospital. And like as we were like bringing her in on the TV, that was like on TV. And I, it really does feel like wow, the world is ending. Like, everything oh crazy God, is happening yeah. all at once. Like, uh, that was a dark time. That was a bad... Those were bad times. Dark I couple mean, of years. It, there's a bad... We're in a, a bad time 2.0, you know, maybe 29.0. We're, we're in a lot of bad times. People forget that I'm there have been this. bad times before. People though. forget. Well, I think what you're getting at is that we need to go back to victory, where <laughs> things were simpler. But listen, like... You- I get the appeal of victory. Listen, I do. Mm. I do. I get it. I would mostly because yeah. it, it would be so cool to just drink all day and have like like some gossip with your girlies <laughs> and not have to work. Mm. But you know, it probably be it probably would feel pretty oppressive after a while. I feel like that would be fun for like I could do a month retreat in victory, but after a certain mm. amount of time, you're like, all right, I would love to like, I don't know go anywhere else like you'd probably get sick of it well that's another way to go with that story is that it's totally voluntary it's this lady who's like wait who's gone on vacation for a month from her 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 job as a doctor and she's just like waking up out of it being like whoo actually you know what that was fun but i don't really want to live like that yeah. That could well, have equally been the yeah. twist. That it's not a guy doing this to her; it's her doing it to her. That Ooh, that'd like, be interesting. I'm conflicted about this. I am really tired, but I, I'm in this spa, and they put me to sleep for a month, and I'm out. Yeah, sort of endless Palm Springs, sort of like a Palm yeah. Springs that keeps repeating every day. Could have oh, been. Oh, like a, the yeah. movie Palm Springs. <laughs> oh, like, like I love, I love that movie. Like one of the famous Groundhog Day movies. Mm-hmm. Honestly, yes. they, I liked that movie. They did a good job with no it. groundhogs, but there is a goat in it because you got to have an animal. I lo- I think that plot works every time. I'm like, they should just keep making Groundhog's Days. Every year, we should get a new one. I like the. 
the Groundhog's Day type of move. That it should be its own genre. It should be yeah. like at yeah. the Academy Awards, they should be like, <laughs> and the nominees for this year's Groundhog's Day. Like it should be like <laughs> yeah. we should do more of them. We need it's yes. a, one of the few plot things that like works every single time. It works. I want to say there's a new one with like Pete Davidson or something coming out. Yeah, or, yeah. Yes, I, I'll be uh, I'll be watching it. I'll be watching it. It's Pete Davidson and uh, uh, Kuko from. Big Bang Theory? Kelly? Kelly Cuoco? I don't, I don't know her name. <laughs> I've never seen that show. <laughs> um, but they go on a date, I think. Oh, okay. They go, they go yeah. on a many dates. Um, I will say this movie comes like where we t- we all saw it opening night or actually Thursday opening night. Uh, we all had to uh, figure out a way to we see to it to, have, to accommodate yeah. this very early conversation about the film. Uh, I will say that the controversy people are like will is the will don't worry darling survive the controversy i think the controversy is great for the movie like, yeah i, I was, don't think i would have been nearly as excited to see it if it didn't have all this drama around it i think because you know otherwise it, i'd probably just be like oh cool there's like that movie with Lawrence Pugh. <laughs> like like mm-hmm. and now i'm like oh my god like what what's this gonna be this. like yeah yes. i was there i sat yeah. there last night and i'm like there's a bunch of people in this theater to see this movie opening like f- at the first chance they get and i'm like if this was just some random thriller this would not be a packed house like people are excited because mm-hmm. there's no such thing as bad publicity like i think the it's childish to think like ooh, the, there was a fight on the set and that is bad it's like anything that's written about a movie helps people get go to a movie like it doesn't i i I guess maybe the idea that a woman director couldn't get along with a woman actress or whatever is maybe stereotypically bad but like the idea of on-set controversy has been around forever oh yeah yeah, we just don't know about it anymore we just the movies that were good enough survived and then the other, the all the like, well, they really hated each other. She was just never like, what's the story about The Shining? That she, oh, like, yeah. Like that, yeah. that she was just like completely traumatized after that movie. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the movie is good enough that we can all sort of, you know, people can watch that movie without knowing th- how awful it was to make. But at the time, if I had heard all this stuff about how she was like, oh, my God, I can't take it anymore. I would have been like, well. I'm kind of curious to see what the result of that was, even though I, you know, I feel terrible for you, you being, you know, so messed up by it. Right. And this, I think it was like, it just sounded, it sounded like maybe this was a slightly disorganized the production yeah, in terms of what was being said. And so that would suggest to me, as we're all discussing it and not knowing what it's about exactly, that I would imagine the cast also was frustrated with not letting knowing what it's about and trying to play when you don't know what you're playing would mm-hmm. be hard. You think they didn't know the twist? When they no, I filming? think they knew the twist. I just mean like, well, yeah, but how does this all relate? Like if we're struggling with that. Oh, if we I don't get the movie. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And I think honestly, like on the topic of the controversy, it's so interesting Cause it's like Olivia Wilde's character is kind of this like backstabber, like she's on the side of the incel guys. And like, she's, she's, she's kind of a participant in keeping these women kidnapped. And like what she did to Florence Pugh, like is like fucked up. Like she, like she 
like was begging this guy who like at that point like was known as like a toxic like abuser i don't i don't know if the fk twig stuff had come out but she was like she was like fighting to keep him in the movie which is like kind of like what her character was doing kind of like she was <laughs> mm-hmm. like she was i don't know i, I i'm I know that it's not like great to talk about the cat fight of it all, but I do think it's important to like, it's not just a cat fight. Like she was like being a, a bad boss, like to Florence Pugh and like then kind of tried to like rewrite the narrative in the press to be like, I did this for woke reasons, but like it, it really like was Well, I think that story actually hadn't come out yet. So it was like right around the time that, that like right after he left, that became public knowledge. Right, but he so she didn't actually know. But he he, knew he had been he called out awful. for stuff. Like he had been called out for stuff before the FKDA. Oh yes, a hundred percent. We yeah. knew that he was the kind of guy who was going to be a lot of Shia. But I guess you're right. Yeah. He hadn't been like canceled. Canceled. No. He but did she use the? Kid. Did she say because he's canceled or because he's been abusive? Yeah, that's she, why she I want him tried to be like I was. I think that the, the narrative that I have gleaned from all the the press circus is that she was like. She was like, I I wanted to protect Florence from Shia, so I let him go and we recast the role. But that's not really what happened. Mm. I think is is why it's it's like weird, right? Am I wrong? Is that what happened? Maybe I don't know. I mean, that stuff is like we'll never listen. I, I'm just know. a Florence. P- I'm a Florence <laughs> Pugh stand, so I respect her, I respect her choosing to do zero press for the movie. I think it's so funny. Yeah, when she but- showed up to Venice with the Aperol spritz, I was like, uh, this yeah, is, this is so. Funny. I was like, this is so funny. <laughs> like, I love this. Like, but also, yeah. Chris Pine. Chris Pine apparently was supposed to be on Kimmel, and he he bailed at the last minute. I think. I think it's from watching the movie. I think it's more that they're like, if all I'm gonna do is talk about what you think we fought about and this movie isn't very good anyway then i just have nothing to say I yeah think i think like problem. chris chris pine looked like he was kind of disassociating in a lot of the press that he did do because he was yes. doing that he did that interview with harry styles where harry styles was like uh oh i love i love that it's a movie like yeah. I, the best part about making a movie is it turns on and the lights go down and you watch it and there's a big screen and there's big noises and and lots of colors. Oh, I love I love it that it feels like a movie. I just I love I, and then Chris Pine is truly just like he's just traumatized or something. He's like fully like he's not in his he's not in his body like he's like floating. He's, in simulation. Yeah. he's fully in victory like he's having like an old fashioned on the porch like he's just like not there. It's my favorite clip. I think about this movie it just be just just to for the context of it. It's like I think when I when a woman makes a bad movie, it very often is like, that's it. You're done forever. It's so and true. And I think so we true. should not do that. No. Because Booksmart was was fine. It was a nice, amiable movie. It's like, okay, so this one didn't work. Move on. Move on. It's not like now that's it. No more women directors. No more pretty directors. No more whatever. No, category. no, not mm. at all. I'm ready to see. I'll see every single movie Olivia Wilde puts out. <laughs> I, I, I see they're all gonna Olivia start. Movie, yeah. uh, a little Harry Styles, I think. <laughs> I, I honestly like. I, I the the it wasn't entirely bad directing. Like, and the things that male directors have done are f- like 
so far worse than like this little fight that Olivia Wilde had with her cast. Like, yeah, you know, it's like we and we brush that under the rug like all the time. I I do not think that Olivia Wilde should by any means get like no more movies or anything like that. I think I think she's phenomenally talented. Yeah, this is this movie, I think, is like I think there's a maybe a bit of an issue in terms of how she was set up. Like Booksmart is like you say, it's a it's a really nice movie. It's a very nice comedy. And then the, when this trailer came out, it was like from visionary director right, Olivia right, Wilde. Yeah. Like it it's had like, that hey, tone. Give her a minute. Like, that's, like that's, yeah, yeah, they put a lot yeah. they they have put a lot of pressure on like her second movie or whatever. even the idea that it's like yeah. a Venice film festival premiere. It's like this is a new line produced movie distributed by Warner Brothers. It's a mid-tier thriller right. uh, truly it is there's like in the 90s there were 52 movies a week that were like this just mm-hmm. i know that's so true thrillers. but they just make so few movies now so that like every time they like have one with like an up-and-coming director or like these actors it's like so much pressure on it yeah it's like i think jordan peele has the same issue where it's like a new jordan peele and it's like okay i saw the new jordan peele it was okay like it doesn't but if you make it seem like Stanley Kubrick's directing the fucking movie every time, of course it's gonna be disappointing a little bit because who can live up to you know Yeah, honestly, like it it's if you think about it as like this is just kind of like a let it just be like a fun kind of thriller with some movie stars in it. Like it's if you judge it by that rubric, like it's it's totally fine. Yeah, it's like Serenity with Matthew McConaughey. It's like that level of <laughs> fine. Yeah, it's like movie. Angel Eyes with Jennifer Lopez. <laughs> yeah. It's like, like movies it's like a- you saw on TBS and you kind of understood the plot. This will be beautiful yeah. on cable watching part of it and being like I wonder what's happening, but I missed the beginning, so it makes sense that I don't know what's happening. You will not be like, yes, but what does this mean about the future of cinema? Right. It won't. It won't be like right. That. Every movie now is like, is like the box office of this is going to determine the future of movies. It's like, yeah. And why are we following box office so much? It's like, what? It, what is like, that? Because like me? people just people just dramatically stopped going to movies. Like, right? Like, yeah. The numbers yeah. are well, just... except for Top Gun Maverick. Why is that... this movie not Top Gun Maverick? The critics say. <laughs> I think uh, Avatar the planes. <laughs> Av- Avatar is going to bring it all back. Don't worry. Avatar is going to reset, and then mm-hmm. we're, it's going to fix. It's going to fix it all. That's what That's they true. say. I mean, thank God we have James Cameron. I say that every day. <laughs> I say that every fucking day. You know what? He marries a lot of people. Maybe he should just marry Olivia Wilde and it'll solve whatever, you know, that'll just make it all right in the world. She'll go I think home they should be in, a thruple, be in a thruple with James Cameron and yeah. Harry Styles. Yeah, get Marianne Williamson in there too. Yeah. Oh my the, god! The, oh my god! Because she loves Avatar. She's a big Avatar head. Just <laughs> I, I am as well. I am as well. Me and Marianne. Um, speaking of going out there and going to the movies, we have to. Do, we haven't done this in months because yeah. we haven't done a new movie. But where did you see the film, and where did you park? Very oh. important question. Yeah. Um, I went to the Alamo Draft House in downtown LA and I parked on level five. Ugh. Did you get dizzy? I hate that. I hate that. Uh, the block is just like, woo, woo, woo. I hate woo. that. I hate that little swirly 
driveway. It, it really makes you want to die as you're mm-hmm. getting there. And you yeah. have so many opportunities to drive off of it into downtown. <laughs> so you could. You totally could. Yeah. Uh, Did you have snacks? I I got dinner before. Uh-huh. So I wasn't. So hungry, but I did get a little herb parmesan popcorn and, of course, a classic Diet Coke. Mm-hmm. That sounds That's- like a move. That sounds like a movie movie, as Harry Styles would say. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a real movie movie. And you know what? As as not articulate as that statement is, I agree. This is a movie movie. This is better to watch yeah! in theater than on a, your yes. phone. Um, you know what? It really feels like it has movie stars in it. You know, it like does. just, just and like this guy, Chris Pine, Chris Pine, and Florence Pugh. Harry Styles not 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 uh, one of yet. the ones I'm talking not about. Yet. <laughs> Maybe he'll break through to something where he's like, I think he's basically just a private guy. Yeah. Who is not willing to share who he is. And maybe he will at some point be yeah. more comfortable. I feel bad for him because I think he knows that he like fucked up. I think he's like embarrassed. Like, I think I he know. knows that he didn't land, land the plane. How would you know? How would you be able to tell? <laughs> I, I think he knows he, he couldn't land the plane on this. Like, I think he's just like, he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, wait. So the so the plane crash is actually Harry Styles' subconscious yeah. Yeah. knowing he's failing in this movie and it crashes and she goes, we fixed for it. it. We fixed it. Yeah. We fixed I think it. that makes sense. I actually think that makes perfect sense. I saw this movie, this movie, movie, at, um, the Americana in the Dolby Theater, Theater 17. And as I was coming in, I was running a little late, and there were four girls who were running in front of me, very uh, urgently running. And I was like, they're, they're not going to – could they be seeing this? I don't think so. And I was falling behind them, and no, they weren't. They were going to Sephora or something. <laughs> but I got into the theater, and there were a bunch of uh, – there was a trailer for Babylon – and a trailer for something else. I don't know. We sat down. The movie finishes. And one guy says in the just after the music is quiet enough, he goes, that was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and light laughter in the audience. And then everybody gets up and leaves. I was like, yeah, that's about right. That's about right. That's that's that'll you. Uh, what a great see this is the movies are back people uh, i parked on p2 and i discovered when i left the parking lot that it's now five dollars to park at the americana, americana parking yeah the trick um, is i know you park at the galleria side of the original panda express mm-hmm. i didn't park there i didn't have enough time uh i did the same theater uh different screening later at night so i did the dolby vision uh, theater but uh uh, 10 o'clock at night, parked at the Galleria, walked over to the oh, Americana. That's move. what you got to do. <laughs> uh, the smart move. Uh, rounding this out, uh, let's get real quick uh, the Mama Panic Attack Assessment. Yes, I would give this um, this movie, I would give this movie a, a PG um, for dialogue directly addressing dead children, disregard for a mourning mom, and possibility of drug children lying inert in houses and apartments. That's pretty dark. I didn't really think about that. that, mm-hmm. I, that there but would since be it's kids. all implied, I'm giving a PG because it's not, it's so vague. Yeah, the kids, whether the, the kid, children are real. The kids' stuff is such a small moment anyway in the mm-hmm. movie. Like they should have. Yeah, they should have had more of the kids stuff. I feel like. Honestly. Well, that would have made it more 
more horrifying. Would have made think- it more fiftiesy too. Like, like you, you know, like you have to raise these kids without the while the dads at work. Like, I think that that would have made yeah. it more. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Anyway, it was. You know what has a good uh, all the children were. Yeah, good simulation kids is uh, Matrix Resurrections. Oh, great use of simulation kids. They really nailed it. Yeah, because you're like, she's like, oh, am I a simulation or what? And are the kids real? And she has to actually, she basically has to leave her family mm-hmm. to yeah, accept they, reality. They, that's a, the Matrix just did it better. Yeah. They did it. I mean, they that new one is Yeah, and it's funny decent. that we're I actually, love the new one. <laughs> we're like, Keanu Reeves, you have the feeling that he has feelings. More. He's a better actor than <laughs> he Harry. He's a way better actor than Harry Styles. But uh, but he's not a good actor. No, but, he but he's but he's he but Harry feelings. Styles is really bad. <laughs> Keanu is like, kind of bad. Like Harry Styles is just like <laughs> he just like, yeah. He, and it's not his fault. He's he's a child pop star. Like he shouldn't. He doesn't. It's not his fault that he's a bad actor. He he needs he to just, pivot to yeah. acting. It's what he has to do. It's what he the does. star. It's what's written in the stars. He's for getting him. old. Yeah, yeah it's what he to. has to do. But you know he, you know it's not his fault. I'm not. But Harry, you know Harry I, I, I'm not mad at you. It's just, <laughs> it's not your strength. But not, keep doing yeah. keep doing yeah. movies. Like, like it's fun to watch bad actors. This is also a big. This is a big challenge. Like for this someone who's huge. not acted a lot, it's a bit. It's a. It's a challenging part. He has to yeah. play like a simulation version of a guy. It was emotion. He has to express emotion. It's a, you know. It's all kinds. Well, because because before this movie, I had seen the trailer and I was like, I don't see Harry Styles any amount of personhood in this guy and so i watched all these clips of harry styles being interviewed he hosted um the late late show like there's plenty of footage of him and i'm like i think he just doesn't present like there whoever he is he's not willing to express it and maybe there's a switch over into being like oh as an actor you have to so as a performer you don't have to you can be like i'm just an amiable guy who has no discernible qualities but maybe, I mean, Frank Sinatra wasn't a great actor when he started out. Yeah, he I have get hope better. for he's Harry. Still, he's still young. Mm-hmm. I think that like he's had to be, <laughs> he's had to be very, um, he's very private about his personal life, right? Like he, so yeah, I think you're right. But I think he, as a pop star, you're supposed to be sort of like yeah. attractive to everyone in this way. Right. Where it's like, you can't do that as an actor. No, only Lady Gaga can really do both, you know? And she can. But that's a lustier kind. And you're one of the great stars born uh, fans out there. Uh, yeah, honestly, it's one of the Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born is one of the greatest movies ever made. Yeah, it's shot by the same guy. This and uh, Star is Born. No. Yeah. Wow. We were just talking about that. Incredible. Yeah, he shot um, like a ridiculous number of uh, huge movies. I love mm-hmm. that. Uh, let's, uh, uh, we got to figure out something to rate this movie on, on a scale of, uh, one to four blank, hairy faces. Yeah. One to four (laughs) blank, hairy faces. Blank, hairy faces. Uh, I'll go first. I think don't worry, darling is probably better than the worst reviews that are really colored by the, uh, press around the movie. Uh, but it's very middling, very, very kind of in the middle mediocre. It's a, I think it's a wonderful production. The, all the lookbook aspects of the movie 
like as an execution of a vision board. It's a really nice movie. That part gets an A plus. I think where it falters a little bit is in the theme and in maintaining suspense. It just doesn't maintain suspense in a in a great thrillery kind of way. But there's a lot of sort of middling thrillers out there. I would give it two and a half blank. Uh, Harry Styles faces. Uh, so, you know, you want to, you want a good rental or something, a fun trip out to the theater, you know, yes. And worry. Raft, you will go last as the official review. Our reviews are just nonsense. Your review say. by, yeah, Yours by the way, your is review the is the official e- one. Yeah. I, I'll cancel out all of your reviews. Yes. Cause yeah. I'm, you, you cause win. I'm that powerful. Yeah. You yes. win. You win everything. You win. For the all simulation. time. Your, your <laughs> review uh, is the review. Um, I thought that this movie, I kept thinking, ah, this is very nice and smooth. And I wish it just had one rough edge. Like I wish that there was just one rough edge because it does have in it the idea that she's aware that something is amiss. And it just, I, as an audience member, didn't feel that so much as I was like, well, it's the, it's the sixties and everyone's wearing pretty dresses. So something must be amiss. But I didn't really feel it was. I just know from everything right. that it should be. Right. Um, beautifully made. Uh, questionable acting. Florence Pugh is so great in this movie. Such like a like a like a human. Just like I could all I could, when she was walking the desert, I was just like, oh, you could smell how she must smell like her sunburned skin and like. Just, just like a kind of interesting sensuality to her performance. Yeah, uh, that I really liked. I was like, it's very compelling, and um, yeah, I really, I really thought she was fantastic. Um, but the movie's a mess, man. I would give it two and a half blank Harry Styles faces. Uh, take some acting classes, please. Okay, here's my review. I think the movie is one of those rare um, bad movies that's like so watchable and so fun to watch because (laughs) it's so confused about what it is and it's really trying to say something but getting it so wrong. And all of that, I would say, is actually like additive to the movie. I think if you're going to watch like a pretty glossy, gorgeous Oscar season type of movie that like is a big swing and a miss like this is a good one to watch like because they missed the mark it's fun to watch bad actors it's fun to like la- have a good laugh about about a, a blank face um, Florence Pugh is is so phenomenal to watch that even though the story is like pretty confused and and all over the place like she really is just worth watching for the movie's worth watching for her performance alone I think she's so you know, she her acting reminds me of like young Kate Winslet kind of mm-hmm. like she has like a mm. similar like really grounded energy mm-hmm. to her in all of her roles and like she just like feels so real and like complicated and layered and her performances are so good. So I I'm, I'm going to give it 4 out of 4 blank hairy faces. <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. Because it's fun to watch. It's, it, it's just bad enough that it's good. You know what I mean? Like I mm-hmm. think it, it it's it's a bad movie. It's a bad movie. It's not it shouldn't like it's not going to like win best picture ever in an anything but it's got movie stars it's pretty and all the bad stuff about it is like fun to watch bad stuff so 4 out of 4 
I think that's very fair. Four out of four blank Harry Styles faces is a, is a surprise. Yes. All right. Well, that's the official rating because you said it. <laughs> I think it's totally fair for a movie that has that is fun to watch. Like if you mm-hmm. if it, if it's fun to watch, it's it gain. It's four out of four. Well, I think it, I think it earned it earned yeah. it it earned it, and the all the like the the publicity nightmare of it all is it adds to it too. I think it it's all fun. It's you know time. what? It reminds me of like the bad and the beautiful, like one of those like old time like m- movies with stars in it. Like like yeah. what if you just crammed it all together? If you add all of the. <laughs> celebrity nonsense it's what i like is it's a movie it's like it's like a movie it's like uh, yeah it's like a movie movie you know like it's it's a movie it's like oh. it's, it's not a, it's like um you see it in a movie theater <laughs> poor harry poor harry raft thank you so much for being here today like i said you're the best person we could have talked to about this Oh, and, I'm so glad you asked. So glad. Uh, you thank asked. you so much for making it work with uh, seeing the film early and talking about it in time, so we can be the first the to first. register. It's important. It was important for me to see it as soon as possible because I have been <laughs> so excited for this movie. Like since they shot it, like I remember like getting excited for it back then because uh, just seeing the the like paparazzi shots from the set and stuff, just being excited. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, and if people are curious about you and what's coming up with you soon, where can they find you, and what do you got going on? I've got some co- live comedy dates coming up. Um, if you're in Texas, if you're in Austin, Texas, or or nearby there, I have a show um, at 10 p.m. at the Scottish Rite Theater on Saturday, October 1st with my comedy partner, Joan Ford. We're doing our sketch show, Joan and Raft. And then follow me at Kate Raft on Twitter and Instagram. I'm going to, we're going to be performing our half hour sketch show, hopefully on tour at some point and in LA. So stay tuned. So you're doing previews out of town. I'm doing previews out of town. Okay. (laughs) Austin. I wish I was in Austin. I'm so excited. I'm going for 10 days. Or no, oh, that'll be great. For eight, I'm going for eight days. I'm going for eight days. You're going to eat breakfast tacos every day. <laughs> every single day. <laughs> well, thank you uh, so much for coming on. And if you want to um, follow you, what, what was your Instagram? For, at, for at, Kate, at Kate Raft. Okay, great. At Kate Raft. Yeah. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, we're Mama Needs a Movie Pod on Instagram. And do is the Twitter... What's I'm trying to get this, this thing unlocked. <laughs> oh I think follow it either way, Mama Pod, but it's still locked right now. Okay. And I can't get access to this stupid Twitter. So but, follow it um, anticipating just uh just a torrent of stuff on there as soon as it's open. But I'll tell you the main thing is like this show, review it on iTunes and give it a little review. Uh, if you want us to continue yes. making it, if you're ambivalent about us continuing to make the show, just let it die. Let it die. But yeah, if you if just you have sort episodes, of a blank Harry Files, <laughs> Harry Styles face about it, then you know don't comment. But it really does help us understand what kind of movie you want to have us talk about if you just tell us that would be amazing like reach out on instagram 
uh, and I'll I'll make a note of it, and then we can go back and look at those movies. Yeah, we read everything. We're not some we're not some big podcast with a with a uh, <laughs> not Joe uh, Rogan. social media team. <laughs> Thanks again so much. Thanks for having me. This was so fun. Thank you so much. So fun. Well, we will talk to you next time. Bye.